I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. She can't stay here forever. Why the long face? This is just how my face looks. Danizens, this is my first Danny party too. Okay, party people, binary and non-binary, it's bedtime. Rita needs to clear her mind, and boy, does she. I honestly have no effing clue what is happening right now, and I mean it this time. We are talking DC's Doom Patrol Season 2, Episode 4, Sex Patrol. The After Buzz After Show starts right now. What's up, Sex Patrol panel? I love this Sex Patrol panel is just me. That's that's all it needs to be (laughs) as just me is who it needs to be. Elena Jordan is in the building. What's up, Elena? What is up, Tehran? How are you? I cannot complain. Elena is all things knowledgeable on all things important. And so it's great to have you on the panel as I host, as we talk DC's Doom Patrol season two, episode I gotta four, say, Sex to, Patrol. Oh, sorry. For anybody who is just listening and not watching, you should go and watch because Tehran's outfit is like better than anything I've worn in the past three and a half months. So. I appreciate Cheers. you. I'm only wearing a shirt, but the sparkliness of that. The whole look, the, like the red with the hat, like the tie in. It's like, oh, it's fat. I got into legendary because it airs with Doom Patrol. So now I'm all about like judging fashion. And I'm like, you're killing it. I love it. And your sparkles have me. Uh, have you absolutely glowing and me mesmerized as we talk all these things. We're going to break down this episode as thus. The gang is all back. Danizens to the rescue. Danny time. Danny time. Dorothy is a grown-up. Rita and Candle make her say so. No more prison. Rita clears her mind and uh, she does it in the best way possible. Jane said Jane is going through her own stuff as she is no longer in control cyborg's back and is he here to stay cliff has a heart to heart with chief and basically everyone else on the show the sex men yes no no did you think i said the x-men no i said the sex men come to the rescue kiss torture and even all cuddles paranormal sexual event experts we get a sex theme in this episode danny's message and rita at the end We have so much to discuss. We, of course, have our special segment, MVP, where we choose the MVP of the episode. Some news and gossip you're going to want to stay tuned for. And our special form of predictions, because with Doom Patrol, can you ever predict anything? Before we get that started, Elena, what were your overall thoughts on this week's episode? Uh, I loved this week's episode because it featured my favorite character, Danny the Street. I've been very, well, one of of my characters i say that and then it changes pretty much week to week but uh i i absolutely love having the danny zones come back having flex in there i was all about i just i thought overall this was a really solid story it was one of those that introduced characters from the comics that was a little fan servicey but because i've you know i've been devouring all the comics because you can on dc streaming and it's free and it's on there and why not uh it, it it does make you feel a little bit better but uh it also elevates the plot it's not a fluff episode it's not just a filler so i i liked it i liked where we ended up what did you think i actually thought it was very much a filler the only thing i really, really? like is it's in time for pride of course we get that wonderful 
message from morally corrupt and we get a lot of signs but they could have made this such a more pertinent important episode especially with all the characters that we had i feel that a lot of the characters were underused this time i think flex was underused especially the character of the sex demon of course not hashed out as much it was definitely a ghostbusters play however it wasn't as as strong of an episode especially coming into a season two where you have a lot larger broader audience because of hbo max i felt that this was actually one of the weaker weaker episodes i've they they did a sing song number they did dancing for a third of the show where we could have had some great dialogue say i gotta agree to disagree because one of my favorite parts of the entire series was danny patrol when they had the kelly clarkson people like us moment that that was technically filler because that didn't even happen. It was one where it was like, that was in Larry's head of what would have happened if he hadn't have just been like, I don't sing. But I love that moment. And so I kind of felt like, I agree with you that this song choice, having Dorothy sing this Willy Wonka slow paced song was like, but that, how is that getting Danny's heart back? Because if anything, that would be like Danny would be like, "All right, now time to die." We're yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like- honestly, I really liked <laughs> I liked the previous uh, episode one, and I love Danny's character, which is why I felt if you're going to bring Danny back, bring Danny back in a strong way. You're coming into Pride, you're using the Pride messaging, and yet you get none of the none of the sensation of community, which I really appreciated in what? season one. Over, yes. You didn't feel the sense of community in that? That was I, like I what the whole were, thing was about. It was like, there were let's two epilogues. There were two epilogues and that was it. And the rest was, oh, look, we're just dancing. That I feel like it was definitely an underutilization of all the characters, especially of the pride momentum. Wow. As a huge pride supporter, I was just, I was like, this is just not it. It seems, um, and I've seen a lot of shows do something similar with, with, what I would say are black moments. And I just, I think it's under, underutilized and unfortunately- I gotta say, as somebody who is like LGBTQ plus, like I was all about it and I've always been all about it. And like Danny the Street has been my shit. So- 100%, I just don't think this was that Like Danny the Tire. Well, because the Danny's and Tom have been in it, but I feel like having all of them come together, like the whole thing, like- I yes. felt like morally corrupt did take control of, you know, yes, the, the it was great. moments in the first but three minutes, everybody. Ah, but then like her whole, her whole heart to heart with, with Vic, I thought was phenomenal. Also I, great moment. Danny's entire letter. I just want printed out as a poster and hung on my wall. Like Best I letter ever. And I, I feel like, yeah, so I, I don't know. I love this. I mean, not to say that you're wrong for, you know, disagreeing, but. But see, my problem is everything you just mentioned all took place in eight minutes. And then the rest of the but episode think was think of how many filler. other characters we had to show. See, at the end, I feel like where we got to was Dorothy has now completely changed her character. She now has evolved to the point that she is aware of her power to some degree and is aware of the fact that she was kept prisoner. And so she has some resentment there. The innocence is lost. Um, Rita. And she realizes how old she is. Yeah. Um, And how time really is correspondent to that. 
Rita, I feel like that's another innocence loss where she came to this moment where she realizes how dark her past really is with, you know, her mother. I felt like where we got with her, we've evolved her character significantly in a short amount of time. That was a great flashback. That is, you know, very dramatic and sad flashback, but done in a way that is comedic because you know like she has she's embarrassed that she's asking a magician to basically give her a magic orgasm like at the end of the day that's what it is like and being like face the wall while you do it like that's funny um jane is back that's huge she's out of prison like we've moved that i feel like we've evolved so many of these characters vic is now no longer in this turmoil over his relationship he's like gung-ho and ready to move forward i feel like this episode evolved all of our characters i agree and everything you said took place in 12 minutes and 14 seconds that's what my problem is is that we could have gotten so much more dialogue and so much more pertinent points that's all i think is this could have been an amazing episode and yet it came in but when you can when you bring it in that concise form it's an amazing episode the rest the problem is the other 42 minutes that we didn't get anything and that's what my problem was considering the um considering how important this episode could have should have been especially as you mentioned in comparison with when danny was brought up in the penultimate episode itself as well in which danny everything took place within danny and watching those episodes which we both of us have just recently rewatched, i was just like wow we could have done more but We'll get into that as we get into the gang is all back. Danizens, which I think we both agree, we love us some Danizens, yeah? Oh, hell yeah. That's a party that I would 100% go to all the time. That's why I wore the sparkles. Was in honor of the Danny party. It's the first time I've worn anything resembling outside wear in quite some time. Um, But... Yeah, I I loved having the Danny Zins back. I am really interested, though, to know your opinion on, because you said there are some characters that we didn't see enough of. Do you think the Danny Zins are part of that? Or, like, which characters specifically do you feel like? I wanted more morally corrupt, and I wanted more flex. And I wanted more morally corrupt, because morally, uh, she has this way of putting things into perspective that are so brilliant. And I've always felt this way as a comedian. Good comedy makes you laugh, but great comedy makes you think. Morally uh, Corrupt is not a comedian. She's this grandiose host, so to speak. And yet her thoughts always make you think. And I only got I only got two minutes and 15 seconds when you combine them both. And that's what my problem was. I just wanted so much more of her. I wanted more of Flex. Flex was profound in this episode. As the Dan is in, like... I clear my mind. I clear my mind and poof, here's a flower. I, I wanted way more from from Flex's powers and just who he is as a character. Oh, There's- I loved it. Yeah. I do have to say though, I one moment I did love was the fact that Flex could just like, you know, move his like man titty muscles and like pecs or man titty muscles, you know, either one. If you can't think of the word pecs. Use Actually, I think got. they're scientifically. I think the actual the actual <laughs> scientific term is man titty muscle. Man titty so. muscle. Yeah, that's, I apologize. Well, they're magic. That's what they're. That's what they're called. Um, but no, when he would move, that he would do something that would be so simple and in his nature. Because when we saw him giving Dolores the flower too, like I like that. But 
I did think it was hilarious that Cliff pointed out that they just effed off and did not help clean up at all when literally all he had to do was be like, flex, flex, clean. And they're like, um, our house is jacked. We can't reach that. Like, we made a whole big point about how we can't reach. Can you take this shit down, please? Yeah. Yeah, they they left right after the party. (laughs) But they showed up when they needed to, which was great to hear Danny's call and show up to help. And we get all we get a whole lot of crew, and of course we don't recognize most of the people, but we do recognize the main people, and that was a great nod to have them back. Uh, we do get this Danny time. This we need to put Danny back together again after Dorothy accidentally, possibly accidentally, subconsciously, maybe on purpose, dropped and broke Danny. She didn't do it on purpose. I don't know anymore. I don't trust Dorothy. I don't trust Dorothy. The irony is that my favorite term for somebody who's gay is friend of Dorothy. And like, literally, it's like, hey, we're all friends of Dorothy. Like, what up? Literally, we're all friends of Dorothy. <laughs> all of us are friends of Dorothy. Dorothy is the most dangerous character on that show. Dangerous and That is 100% character. true. It's true of the little kids, though, especially the immortal little kids. I'm like, get the f out of here! If you're a little kid forever, creepy. hundred percent. And I mean it, a baby Yoda too. I'm saying it. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) especially when you're the the I can make my wishes come true kid. You know, like we don't even know the extent of Dorothy's powers. By the way, we don't even know the extent of Dorothy's powers. We all we know is that she's used it to create. By the way, the creepiest of all imaginary friends, okay? Even, even our imaginary friends aren't normal. And of course, we, we know if, you, if we, you read the comic as all fans, Candlemaker is actually much like a Shadow King entity where uh, Candlemaker is uh, another entity that's utilizing Dorothy's uh, presence and essence in order to manifest themselves. So technically, Candlemaker isn't her imaginary friend. But at this point, she doesn't know that. We don't know that. The show might not go in that direction. All we know is Candlemaker. Whenever you have a friend that goes, kill everybody. Like, at that point, you're, something's wrong. I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Candlemaker yeah, no, clearly whispers. Candlemaker's clearly awful. Uh, yeah, no, he's. Oh my gosh. Very creepy. After what we saw at the at the carnival, I'm like, I got very nervous that something was going to happen to the Dannysons, and I was like, if this show harms a single Dannyson, I am out. I don't care how much I love it, I am out. So I'm very glad that they were like, no, everyone is safe and happy and fine. And Danny's a tire now. And I mean, happily with all of their friends. And we'll see. We'll see <laughs> who's not harmed because Dorothy's on the brink of breaking. Let's talk about Dorothy. Dorothy is a grown up. She's 103 quarters years old, even though she's 11. And Rita and Candlemaker both say she's grown up. And of course, Candlemaker says, no more prison. <laughs> like, whoa, she's 11. Dude, I gotta be, like, fair, though. Like, she's been in that under the, the. I mean, it, it's a cute room. I gotta say, like, it's a cute room for a little girl, but how many decades? We started out in, like, what, 1978 in London, and Danny's like, oh, you live underneath the door factory? I'm like, the door. 
because I thought it was the doll factory because their accents were so thick. And then this episode, I figured out it was the door factory. And I was like, the doll factory, at least. I was like, oh, she gets a new doll every time they make a doll. And it's like, no, they're making, what a boring, like, come on, man. We, it's funny because we actually see the door factory and her living under it. The first time we actually meet Dorothy uh, and it has all those doors and the steps, which I agree. I also thought I they said doll factory. It sounded like doll, like you live under the doll factory. Oh, you live under the doll oh, factory. You know what is hilarious too, though? I think part of it is because HBO gets their subtitles wrong and they did it in this episode too, because when Vic, or in, when, um, Cliff offers uh, drugs to Larry and he says, Chief has drugs. They say, Cheap ass drugs. He's like, Do you want drugs? Cheap ass drugs. And I'm like, That's not what he said. He says, Chief has. Or, or maybe that is what he said and we just don't get the, get the accents. The anymore. Chief has cheap ass drugs. Now we know. Yeah. So we get Dorothy. <laughs> what, what did you think about Dorothy and her, her realization? of how old she is and she's able to do things. And she defies the chief because she stays up past her bedtime, way past her bedtime. The way that they did the title cards this episode, I thought was absolutely brilliant. Um, Having, especially the, the one, two, three moment where it's like four hours before bedtime, two hours before bedtime. And she's saying, no, you got to go because it's, and then bedtime, the card. I was like, that is brilliant. I just, I love that. I did love uh, I, I wish they had seconded it somehow and done like some sort of like callback because then it was just like way after bedtime. And I'm like, well, that's not really clever. That's just facts. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I liked the, the whole setup with Dorothy finally figuring out and the kind of parallel of her and Rita kind of losing their innocence simultaneously and the, the parallels of Rita as a little girl um, with the, you know, a lady sits still and the, the lipstick and then that one gutting line. Yeah. When Use your other asked, talents. Oh, it's like if somebody says like, are you pretty focus or am I pretty? focus on your other talents that is like where's that ice pick that i was going to use to kill danny because i'll just <laughs> that's really how it went it was um it was definitely interesting watching dorothy disobey her father stay up listen to the camel maker these are all foreshadows of things to come we've already seen a foreshadow the way dorothy accidentally quote-unquote drops danny so we know that Dorothy's prone to mistakes. She did. And also, it was an accident. I, that I do think was an accident. I'm so sorry. Her imaginary friend scared her at the exact moment she was holding the, the space-time entity, and she dropped it. So I don't know how accidental that is. She didn't even need to pick up know. Danny. She didn't have to pick up Danny. She was hugging him because she loved, or, or hugging them. I'm sorry, She's I just like, misgendered Danny, Danny, there you are. She was da- oh. them she loved them. And then she was like, oh, crap. It, I did not mean to kill them. Exactly. I just, exactly. And then immediately said, like, regardless of what the punishment would be, help me. I messed up. I, I didn't mean to do this. Can we fix it? I think this was an accident. I think in the future, there will be things that are more intentional, but I think this genuinely was an 
I, I'm a, I am a firm believer in the concept of the subconscious. Children can be extremely dangerous, especially under the guise of, oops, did I do that? And that's what the words were. It was just the because Steve I, Urkel I, philosophy. I, exactly. Just because I, I made a mistake. Oh, look, I owned up to it. It doesn't change what actually happened. And she did drop Danny. Regardless of if it was extremely intentional, it still happened. And it, I believe it was subconsciously intentional as we see Dorothy, Candlemaker, Herschel being much more interconnected than we originally believed. And we see that, especially with Candlemaker voicing strongly opinions that Dorothy seems to follow and take as suggestions. Herschel appearing at that exact moment and basically saying, boo, causing Dorothy to get startled. It's in her mind. It is not real. So that's, that's like Jane. It would be like if one of Jane, when Jane's alternate personalities have done messed up things. I, I, I have to argue. I have to argue the concept of schizophrenia having multiple personalities and what Dorothy's doing. Dorothy has an extension of her own personalities. While Jane actually has a multi, uh, multi-universe and faceted characters within her, each with their own individual personality and, and powers. Everything the thing that- is, the difference is that you're saying that Jane's is tangible to people on the surface, but so are Dorothy's because people can also see Dorothy's imaginary friends. So to some degree, they are real. But so you have to imagine that power. they have some sort of sentience, their own independent sentience of Jane's personalities too. I, I mean, just like all of Jane's personalities are splintering of K, I would say that the friends of Dorothy, like her, her imaginary friends are splinterings of her. But I wouldn't say that I, I personally think it was an accident. I'm not going to fault you and say that you're wrong, but I'm just saying. I have a question for I, you. If Jane yeah. dies, if Jane, the character, if Jane, the personality dies, what happens to her body and what inhabits it? Does another personality take over? Another personality they would have to create a new primary, just like they did after Miranda died. They created Jane. They created so, Jane. What happens if Dorothy dies? What happens to Herschel and and all the other well the difference is is it's like if k dies then all of the personalities die if dorothy dies all of her imaginary friends die if jane who is just a primary personality of k dies they replace her with a personality if herschel died there would probably just be either a new imaginary friend that comes and fills that place or there would be a vacant position there but it would still exist then you I'm know saying. what? You babysit Dorothy because I'm not ever going near her. Rita, I don't want to babysit the crazy no, 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 man. No, 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 you love Dorothy. <laughs> Dorothy's the sweetest person. Dorothy's not dangerous at all. Rita clears her mind. Rita clears her mind. And yeah, she and, does. Get her, bro, bro. So, The last time that she was able to do this is, of course, when she went back to the penultimate episode where Flex Mentalo's powers was causing everybody to have an. Uh, exponential orgasm so she asks flex to her room tells him to put his nose on the dot and give her the most creative gushing orgasm of her life did not have to add the adjective gushing but you know but i did did. they showed they showed gushing imagery (laughs) 
Did they did they show the gushing imagery or what? There was okay. an explosion. There was a there I'm was not, an ocean. I'm not even gonna ask more details on that. There are many things that I genuinely want you to elaborate more on. This is one. Let's just we'll just let that one. We'll just let it go. We don't have to talk about the. As they stated, it's natural. Well, to some degree, unfortunately, to Rita's degree, it was so unnatural that it uh, summoned the shadowy Mister Evans and a bunch of sex ghosts. So how natural is that? And also, was Flex aware that this could happen? Apparently, because he was like, we got to be careful. This is dangerous. That's what but I'm I saying. I think he also, like most men, was just like, I'm proud. I don't give a shit about the consequences. I feel good about myself right now. I'm, I'm, do- I'm doing this. By the way, Flex- <laughs> Flex's power really could come in handy at certain times. Like That would just be an amazing consensual power to have. I do appreciate that. Rita, That's when you literally can say weird flex, but okay. For real. And I, <laughs> I appreciate it that Rita went back to that moment. We get this orgasm, clears her mind so much that we do summon uh, Mr. Evans and, and the sex demon who, if he gives birth to a baby and then that baby cries, will eradicate all children on earth and put us in a perpetual state of uh, uh, adulterous sex and morally corrupt behavior. But not our morally corrupt, like not legit the morally, morally corrupt. corrupt. Exactly. Or at least what is deemed to be. What, what were your thoughts on the sex demon? I mean, I honestly thought that everything that they portrayed, they portrayed really, really well. I thought it was really funny and it was done in a manner that, you know, could have been gross but i i liked it i mean having to like the the shadowy mr evans show up with cliff while he's tripped out on ecstasy it's like oh of course he does of course he appears to the guy who's on ecstasy who's just like yeah you're not real you're but, shadow you're shadow dancing with me because i'm doing the robot. shadow man yeah. yeah and i loved how awkwardly too that this sex demon danced too i was like this is just brilliant yeah and um but Sex ghosts were great. Sex ghosts were, yeah, it was like the Ghostbusters porn that you can watch with your parents and not be embarrassed, I guess. Um. (laughs) It would be embarrassing to watch with the parents. They did show, definitely showed cleavage, definitely showed doggy style. They definitely had... But everybody was clothed. Like, this was like, we shot this in Georgia. We didn't shoot this in L.A. If it was L.A., I there would be it, porn stars being like, are you sure you don't want me to be naked? It's HBO. It could. I think, but, I think you guys will look closer. A lot of them were not clothed. Well, I mean, but they didn't show. They had, like, you know, boobies, but uh, only showing the back and, like, you know, hands no, no. covering they showed, and whatnot. They showed, si- they showed breasts from the side. Listen, as a, as a professional uh teenager for scientific could, reasons we must see, go back and re-watch this scene it, you should re-watch it because i promise you they <laughs> definitely depth, showed repeatedly and they earned their rated r um they re- earned their rated r r title in this episode which rated is, r for a radical man yeah, yeah. They, showed, they showed the actions and it was it was cool um also uh, the baby Jane- shove that baby back up was the weirdest i always think this show cannot get weirder was there to you do you genuinely think there was a weirder moment than jane shoving the demon sex baby 
back into what we assume is the wiener urethra of this sex demon. Um, moment in the show, or was that the weirdest? What do you think? I I actually thought the weirdest moment was the fact that uh, Flex had the red dot on his nose from the wall. Like, what did you use that painted off on your nose, buddy? What did lipstick. you use? You know what I'm saying? It, as it, soon as she put the lipstick there, I was like, well, that lipstick's going to get all over his nose. Yeah, I was like, yo, why can't we use better lipstick? More expensive lipstick doesn't rub off. Don't you use, re-rebrand, use some Fenty. Shout out to Fenty, though. Rihanna, yeah. That is really, really good lipstick. There you go. Anyways. So what I'm <laughs> watching, Jane, shove a baby back up, Mr. Evans. Um whatever hole it was that the baby came out of was very interesting to watch. Of course, that's how you save the day and save the world. The sex, the, the sex men, what did you think about the sex men? Kiss, torture, and of course, cuddles. I loved it. I mean, I felt like this was a little bit hyped up because we, we knew that this was going to appear at some point. I didn't know that it was going to be the next episode when that was our news last week, but um, I mean, I, I liked it. I liked having them in there. I do think that this episode didn't introduce these characters until more than halfway through. So that was one I do kind of, I mean, it, it was two storylines that were in one episode, but instead of being like A storyline, then cut to B storyline, then A, then B, this one was very much, here's this storyline and here is this one and it was like part a part b so i don't know i think maybe that could why it felt like it was filler to some degree because half of it wasn't relevant to the other half for the most part um but i did really like it i mean having the sex men come in of course we uh have known about the sex men we were anticipating the sex men feel like they could have played up the sex men a little more the sex men really didn't do much. They only provided some information. And then the rest of it was Jane or the rest of the team. I feel like the sex men were not as involved or as powerful as they should have been or could have been. Of course, we got the play on the Ghostbusters, Cuddles in the Van. The sex men, for, at first, I thought it was going to be the team, uh, the unparanormal activity team that was hunting down Danny. And then, of course, because the Cuddles, Looked, At first, it did look like it. Yeah, cuddles looked like the same person, but of course, ended up not being their paranormal sexual event team. We get that done. Cliff has a heart to heart. Do you basically. think the Ghostbusters reference? Do you think that they would be called? This is horrible. Do you think they would be called the Nutbusters Busters? We can continue on to Cliff. I'm sorry. Thank you for all the comments that you give us. The comments, we appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, thank you for your comments. If you're listening to us on iTunes, despite what was just said, please give us a five-star rating. We appreciate you. Thank you for having us be the best you're TV show, the show uh, and making us the ESPN of TV talk. Let's talk Cliff. Let's talk Cliff having a heart-to-heart, basically with everyone. First with the Chief. What were your thoughts on Cliff's heart-to-heart with the Chief? Seeming to come off tender and then going right back into the I could punch you in the face and then going back to tender. I mean, I feel like that's part of it. I, I, I think that his I could punch you in the face is kind of this tender. That's him being vulnerable of like, you hurt me. So, you know, I would want to retaliate. I would want to hurt you. I'm not going to do it, but I want to. The way that you made me feel emotionally is the way you would feel 
if a robot with a big metal fist punched you in the face that's how you made me feel so that i think is is fair and i feel like niles responding by being like well i got some ecstasy if you want it means that niles is not a very good friend <laughs> i mean it was for the plot but i was like what, what? ecstasy work on cliff but cliff the <laughs> orgasm wouldn't i mean i guess because they're saying that the the ecstasy is a, a neurological chemical response Whereas his orgasm would be physiological. I don't know. But Good sex is neurological. I feel like I, that's what I'm like most. I, I watched freaking 40 days and 40 nights. If Joshua Jackson can give, you know. Okay. So I forgot that actress of uh-huh. hoo-ha with a feather. Then I feel like Cliff should have been able to participate with the other Danizens. But I'll just leave it at that. Um. <laughs> Her name is Shannon Sossman, first of all, okay? Boom, thank you, thank you. I could not remember that. Yeah, I can because I love her. I love her. She is phenomenal. A Knight's Tale. Knight's Tale, and she was only in two movies. She was in actually a scary movie that no one watched, but I love Shannon. Second of all, she's amazing. Second of all, she also DJs, by the way, in case anyone was wondering, but second of all, the concept (laughs) is um, I thought it was interesting that Cliff is on this roller coaster of emotions. He also has a talk with, um, no, that's not the only person we get having a talk. Rita, of course, gets the flashback we, of Burbank 1931. We get the London 1978. And then Jane is going through her emotional turmoil, having Scarlet Harlot embody her, the painter embody her. Basically, she's removed as primary and everyone else gets their turn. And then with Cliff's hug, they realize only Jane can do it. I mean, I I did think that that one moment was a little bit weak because I felt like that was a little rushed. That was, was the like, moment? Okay. It honestly was because I was like, so really you're just going to be like, okay, Jane, you can come back because I can't deal with this hug. It seems like the other personalities know each other so well. They would be like, ah, baby doll, you like hugging. You get up. Jane's in jail. You know, like, I don't think that they would, unless the whole point is that it's like, oh, he's hugging and he loves all of us and he would protect Kay too. So maybe it's in Kay's best interest to stay, but that wasn't like that to me, they didn't quite explain that. Like that wasn't communicated. So it just seemed like it was annoyance with being hugged. I don't think it was just annoyance with being hugged. I think it was the annoyance of the overall just dealing with everybody on Doom Patrol, they were like, we don't want to do this. We don't like that we had to shove babies back up sex demons. We don't like that we have to deal with these people and, and pretend that they're our friends. Jane is very good at this. Let Jane have it fine, Jane, here. You, you're you right. Know, just, if I was Hammerhead, I would be like, baby doll, you're up. Yeah, but baby doll's not a go- great leader either. Baby doll's also... Most of the personalities are all good assistants when needed, but then Jane is the overall who can deal with it all. Because even when we get um, when we get crazy Jane, who doesn't have, who doesn't specifically have powers, uh, and is just crazy, she doesn't want to deal with it either. She's just very aggressive. Yeah. So um, I think Jane. I'm glad Jane is back. I prefer Jane to all the personalities. 
not because not only because I'm just used to her more, but I actually think she is the most sane out of the insanity that is her mind. Well, she's the primary, yeah. She's built to, you know, deal with the real world, whereas, you know, the hangman's daughter can only paint. So it's like that gets boring real quick. Very quickly. Hangman's daughter gets boring very quickly. Um, and how is she the beautiful hangman's daughter when she has a Frida Kahlo unibrow? But anyway, continue. Oh, that's that's okay. <laughs> different different measures of beauty. Um, I think we've get, we've gone through everything. Cyborg being back, of course. Cyborg getting rejected. Now he's back. He keeps trying to bring up his feelings, but no one's really trying to listen. <laughs> morally corruptos, though. Like I, she. Of course, I love that, really that whole heart to heart. Yeah, that and when she's talking about like, yeah, where she's like, look, we're all just looking for a place to feel loved, and if you find somewhere that you feel loved and that love is consistent, stay. Like to stay. me, that's one of the most beautiful messages that you could just that you could say to somebody is like, you know, is that a better message? It. Is that a better message than the message Danny left? Uh, no, Danny's message was one of the most beautiful things ever. It was gore. I mean, I don't think it's really a competition because both are speaking of love and speaking of, you know, the importance of caring of other people and the, the forgotten, the outcasts, um, as Danny calls them and as morally corrupt kind of refers to them vaguely, you know. Uh, I feel like all of us feel that way at some point. So to feel that you have a community that embraces you, I love. And I love that message too, because to me, I'm like, oh, that's like us at After Buzz. I've been there for so long. I've been there for like seven years. So I'm like, stay. If you feel the love, just stay. Just stay. That's what it is. Let's get into our MVP special segment. Who is the MVP of this episode? Danny. Danny's Danny showed the growth. Yeah, because they showed so much growth. And I mean, all the characters, I think, really showed growth. But Danny also was honest and told Dorothy the truth and was like, look, you know, I'm not going to, if you ask me point blank, what, am I your prison? That's not what I want to be. I am your friend, but I'm going to tell you the truth. And Danny, even at the end, says, I'm going to be better and you should too. Yeah. And also leaves one of the most beautiful messages, I think, ever. So to me, I'm like, Danny, 100%. They rocked it. Danny was very good. I'm going to have to go with Morally Corrupt. I feel that Morally Corrupt stole the show. Not only was her were her outfits on point, but just her message was on point, as always. And her vulnerability and honesty in her own growth and how she's evolved over time and who she's become has become was definitely a highlight for me. Let's get into some news and gossip. We talk often about why is Dorothy so dangerous? We began our episode debating it for 15 minutes. Well, Cinema Blend, our friends at Cinema Blend have released an article, Why Doom Patrol's Dorothy is so dangerous, according to the actress. So yes, we get, isn't she your friend, Elena, the actress? She's not my friend. No, I just know who she is. I know that she is an adult woman who is a pretty adult woman who looks nothing like the child ape creature that she plays, but she plays it very well. Yeah, I I didn't know. I thought Abigail Shapiro was your friend because you knew so many facts and details about her, but she does speak about 
She's definitely very dangerous. She doesn't have very much control over her imaginary friends. As you can tell from the first three episodes, not all of them are good, especially the Candlemaker. And she goes into a lot of detail. So it's great to see that. You might want to read that on Cinema Blend. Find out why Abigail Shapiro feels that Dorothy's so dangerous. Let's jump into predictions. Boom. One line prediction on what's going to happen next if you're even able to do so. Elena. I would say based on the next week on, I think there is going to be a baby doll Dorothy team up and fallout. Wow. That's interesting. We'll see how that plays out. I think, I think Rita's message of focus on your other talents was not lost by Dorothy. And that's going to have much more consequences than we realize. but we will find out until then. When, where can people find you? If you want to be found Elena Jordan. You can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan, A-L-A-N-A-J-O-R-D-A-N, and on Instagram at Elena J. Jordan. And of course, find me at I am Teron because I am Teron all across the board, I-A-M-T-E-H-R-A-N, and hosting and paneling on a slew of other AfterBuzz shows because all of your favorite TV shows are my favorite TV shows too. Until next week, we will be talking more Doom Patrol. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.